0: Hi, and welcome to The Insiders by Durham Lane, where we get perspectives from industry thought leaders about strategies that are unifying marketing and sales cycles to help accelerate growth inside your world. Simon and I were delighted to be joined for this episode of The Insiders by Kat Dutton, VP of EMEA Marketing at Pegasystems. Like many of our guests, Kat transitioned into marketing, having previously worked in a number of sales roles. Perhaps this is why she's so on our wavelength when it comes to an integrated mass sales approach. Listen on to hear Kat's views on what metrics actually matter, the power of language and storytelling and how using specialists at the right time can support the buying cycle. Of course, so much more. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Insiders from Durham Lane.
1: Hello and welcome to The Insiders by Durham Lane, an industry podcast giving you the inside track on all things B2B sales and marketing. I'm your host, Simon Hazeldean. I'm an author, sales expert, and keynote speaker on sales and negotiation, and I'm joined by my co-host, the CCO and co-founder of Durham Lane, Richard Lane. Richard, great to be back with you for another Insiders episode. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about Durham Lane before you introduce
0: our guest? Will do. And thank you, Simon. Great to be back in the Insiders podcast studio. Yeah, Durham Lane in a sentence. We're an integrated sales and marketing agency. We help our customers to create always-on channels of meaningful, well-qualified sales opportunities that business development managers love to follow up. Thrilled to be joined in the Insiders studio today by Kat Dutton. Kat is the VP of marketing for EMEA within Pega Systems, an enterprise blue-chip organization. Really excited about today's conversation, looking forward to hearing more of your journey and some of the ideas that we've uh, chatted about pre-call. So Simon, back to you. Wonderful. Thank you, Richard. So Kat, thanks for joining us.
1: Um, First question we normally ask our guests just to give us a little bit of background, you know, so our our listeners can get to know you, you know, how you came to be in the role you're in currently.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, And thanks for such a warm welcome to the podcast. Really excited to be here. So I've been in predominantly large B2B organizations in, in tech for just over 18 years, which, yeah, does make me feel old. <laughs> and I, I originally started my career in, I would call, more kind of client-facing roles. So I worked in a lot of different roles around account management, sales, um, bids, and then I I made a decision sort of about four years in to to join marketing I've not looked back since. So I've done a number of different business-related marketing roles, account-based marketing roles, focusing on different industries in different countries globally. And over the past few years, I've taken more senior roles. So most recently, I was global CMO at Atos. And then I recently joined PEGA in May this year to lead on the marketing for the EMEA region within the organization. A lot of people... Have kind of said, well, why have you taken a VP role rather than doing another CMO role? For me, I I really love marketing and I enjoy the execution of marketing. And for me, it's really important that I'm out there talking with different clients, making a difference to an organization. So I'm really pleased that that I've joined Pega in the last few months and it's Quite an interesting place to be. So that's kind of how I've ended up where I am.
1: (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you. Well, I've been doing a little bit of sort of LinkedIn stalking, Kat, if you'll excuse (laughs) me. And on your LinkedIn profile, you mentioned that you have focus, passion and belief that marketing can truly add business value. Yeah. How do you think marketers can convince, say, a very metric-driven head of sales of the value that marketing brings?
2: Yeah, in a way, Simon, you've kind of answered the question, which for me is you've got to use those metrics to show what the impact of marketing is. And I don't mean talking about marketing specific metrics, but metrics that are really important for the business strategy of the organization. Um, So whether that's around driving revenue for that company, whether it's around increasing new pipeline and, and sourcing new opportunities, or whether it's actually about building relationships and, and engagement with existing clients and expanding out your footprint within them. I think you've got to use metrics that um, are really valid to, to sales and also talk in the same language. Um, I think sometimes we, we get a little bit het up in marketing on, on talking about language that, that we use amongst ourselves but actually sales are only really interested in what, what's the true opportunity and how does that help me win more business? So I think it's really important that you use the same language and and talk about those strong ROI metrics that you can prove and use examples that you have of previous campaigns or um, activities that you've done to, to drive that ROI. And I would say the third thing as well that... Um, has really helped me actually in, in more recent years is use some of those sales account teams, other people around the business to be an advocate for you with people that maybe you are struggling to build that relationship with. I think sometimes it's always easier if those sales teams can hear from their peers around what the impact is or what the difference is in terms of what you're doing from marketing on the business. And it, it definitely really helped me in recent years on, on bringing those advocates into those conversations.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the Robert Cialdini social proof, isn't it? That yeah. you know a salesperson's going to be most persuaded by another salesperson, yeah. you know, and no no offense to the marketing function when I say that in in any way at all. So, uh, Richard from your your perspective, does that resonate with you from a Durham Lane point of view?
0: Yeah, 100%. And Cap, and I'd sort of describe us as middleware that often connects the world of marketing and the world of sales together. So all of that thought, effort, creativity going into picking the interest of the right people, hopefully at the right time, comes through as an MQL, however it might be. But salespeople just are too busy. It's too early stage and nothing happens so we sort of provide that conduit between the two i was just thinking as you were talking there it's almost like you could create abm for marketeers to work internally it's like a, an internal abm program you described there yeah. yeah i think your your background in sales and we have this quite a lot on the insiders that we have marketing professionals that have come from a you know a sales grounding and i think that makes a, a big difference yeah. so there's a little a little book for you to write there like internal abm marketing for internal marketers. Yeah
2: amazing <laughs> do you know it is something that I I'm laughing because over the past few weeks I've also been drilling into it into my new team at pega that we've got to promote what we're doing and we've got to talk about the successes and okay, yeah. even where they're really small wins is really make a big deal out of it because stories, the more, stories noise yeah. and the more storytelling you do the more resonance it starts to have internally and the more that people um that you want to engage with really want the the kind of marketing you're delivering so and I've actually just just been on a call, um, which has just been around that, actually, sharing with some of our senior executives around a couple of the account-based marketing programs that we're running and the outcomes it's driving. And it's amazing, actually, what insight you get from just having those conversations and sharing some of the successes that you're driving
1: amazing but I mean I spend a lot of time with heads of sales and if you talk about increasing pipeline I think you'll have a very attentive individual listening to you Uh, in our pre-interview we were discussing demand and lead generation and you you commented that the concept of a lead doesn't really mean anything could you expand on what you mean by that
2: yeah I I think Richard just talked a little bit about it as well um A lead for me is really a marketing term. It's not necessarily a real opportunity. Yeah, and an account team, sales teams, business individuals, their their time is really limited. And if you start talking to them about leads, it's like Richard said, it's sometimes a little bit too early in that process. And I think it also depends on how you determine what a lead is. And, and some organizations call a lead, well, if someone's clicked on a white paper and they've gone on a website, it's a lead, get all over. It's not appropriate, right, for a salesperson to then pick up the phone and speak to that person. It's You need a full kind of nurturing cycle before it. So for me, I think, you know, leads are great from a marketing perspective to understand where people's interest is. But I think it's almost, I don't, can't think of a better word, but misleading, right? To, to have that word, because it's not an opportunity. It's not a business conversation to be had. It's just a small bit of insight that you get into an individual who started to engage with your organization. So that that's kind of where I come from, Simon. On yeah. It doesn't really mean a lot in terms of when you look at it from a business metrics perspective.
0: I call those flickers of interest. That you've you've clearly caught someone's attention, which is really the job of marketing. Which is a yeah, that's a great thing, and it's something that should be celebrated. But it's not yet sales ready. It's not ready for conversation. Yeah. So at Durham Lane, from an MQL point of view, we talk about direct and indirect. Yeah. And so indirect might be that they've looked at page nine of that ebook thirty-five times. So quite clearly, there there may be some interest. We don't know, but yeah, let's take that let's take that intelligence and maybe go and try and have a conversation and uh, and start to explore
2: absolutely.
1: I think that conversation about the definition is important because, you know, I've got visions of sales teams across the world, you know, marketing saying, well, we've given you 100 leads and the eyes of the sales team rolling. What actually are we talking about? What's that What's that definition of making sure that that's agreed, you know, within the organization and between those functions?
2: Yeah. And, and sometimes as well, Simon, that, that there's almost a conflict of interest, right? So, you know, if you're if you're saying to a salesperson, well, I've, I've brought you a hundred leads, and they're going, well, that's great, but actually, I've got two opportunities here that are close to closure. That is my focus. That is my priority for the next three months. You you're also, you know, you've got that conflict of interest, but you've also in danger of, you know, limiting your ability to then go and re-engage with that customer because nobody's following up on those things. So, yeah. I think as marketers, we have that responsibility as well to make sure that we're focusing. On the right things for where our business is in terms of the ability to then follow up and execute where we're generating new pipeline, new opportunities.
1: And you mentioned nurturing cycle. What do you, mm. what do you have as part of that nurturing cycle at Pega?
2: Yeah, I think um, it's quite interesting actually. So, so at Pega Systems, we are embarking on a more of a formalized account-based marketing approach across those organisations or existing clients that that we work with globally. As part of that, we're actually discussing at the moment all of the different kind of tactics that we use along the customer lifecycle journey and, and where all of those different things come into play. For me, there's almost that ongoing, always on type stream of activity that you would do to nurture specific individual relationships within a client from a marketing perspective. And that can be anything from, I think, Richard, you picked up on, you know, someone's shown a real intent there. They, they've looked at a, a white paper 35 times. Great. Great. Actually, we could build them into a formal campaign where we're drip feeding different content in every couple of weeks, every month around that particular topic, because that's a sheer interest for them. Or we could invite them into a user group, for example, or we could put them in contact with different peers that we're working with in other clients. I think there's a lots of different tactics and channels that you can use to, to help nurture those individuals, but it's thinking about them as an individual, and making sure that that nurturing is, is right for them in terms of campaign activity.
1: To expand on this a little on the subject of ABM. So, you know, you've won an award for best use of ABM previously. And it would be great to get your perspective, you know, what you think's most important in making that work for an organization.
2: A few different things. I think, for, firstly, ensuring that, you know, you've got that real integration between sales and marketing. I think sometimes as as marketers, you know, we're real creatives, right, at heart and we we absolutely want to show outcomes. We are convinced that our program, our campaign is going to be successful, right? We've put our heart and soul into it. But actually it's that we've got to put more effort in as marketers, in that upfront engaging directly with the business when we've come up with an idea or a concept and we're not too far down that route of of going into full on let's create it um, and then let's execute. I think it's so important that sales account teams are really involved early on and also clients, right, in terms of testing some of this. But having that full integration with the right people in the business to make sure that the approach that you're taking is spot on. Because ultimately you need to have those people anyway on board in in terms of follow-up when you get to that opportunity. So that integration is, is really key. I think the other thing is is accepting that depending on what kind of account-based marketing is relevant for your organization, if you are embarking on what I'd call more kind of strategic one-to-one ABM and a one-to-one approach is making sure that the organisation is behind and realises that it takes time. It's not a quick fix solution and having a decent sort of time frame of 12 to 18 months to start showing the results is really important. I think, you know, strategic ABM is, is really about engaging with individuals, building those relationships And the only way you can do that is over time as people start to get to know your organization, start to trust who you are as a brand. So I think that's really critical is is having that that ability to really think about the time frame, but having that process internally to to do that. The third thing that I've learned in making ABM really successful is marketers themselves and, and marketers having that mindset that they are almost the CMO for that account. They're bringing people in where it's relevant. They're thinking about the wider client picture. They're thinking about, you know, how is this campaign? How is this content? How is this messaging going to resonate with these individuals? And taking the time and understanding that client organization and bringing that insight in to challenge the business and to work with the account teams to make sure that you've got a kind of fully integrated strategy. So it's probably a bit of a long-winded answer, Simon, but you can probably tell I'm quite passionate about that topic. Yeah,
1: no, no and I, th- I think it's the, the time <laughs> scale thing is so important.
2: Yeah. Particularly
1: yeah. where you might have a sales function that are operating on a different, a quarterly time yeah. horizon, that yeah. sort of thing, like 18 months is forever, right?
2: it's forever and having those aligned objectives up front is so important because you're right you you can't have completely different goals to what a sales team that's driven by quarterly cycles if you're bringing abm in that's a 12 to 18 month kind of outcome based activity um so yeah it's it's really important that those things are considered
1: because you you mentioned that you know Pegasus had had relationships back to sort of 1983 I think yeah, was was incredible. there and mm-hmm. and and so part of your ABM approach is, is to help the organization move into other areas of those clients organizations Yeah
2: uh, absolutely absolutely and you know t- typically we are um deploying certain propositions certain solutions that hit specific stakeholders within an organization but what we're finding is that as more and more people within that client organization are adopting our technology and using it on a day-to-day basis as end users, it's about building that community approach with them and that longer term engagement and relationship. But yeah, we, we have got some incredible clients that we work with, incredible length of tenure that we have with our clients and retention rates, but also satisfaction from them, which is amazing. You know, it's a great organization to be part of
1: richard durham lane perspective i mean particularly be interested in your take on the the sales timeline and the marketing timeline if we if we divided it by function
0: yeah do you know i think one of the sad realities is that you're probably dealing with different sales directors across the course of a 12 to 18 month campaign program right i think the the stat is something like 18 months is the average tenure for a chief revenue officer so when we you know we're talking to prospects we we are at pains to talk about it takes time if someone wants a quick hit in sales then it's old school dial for dollars um, lack of value it's not 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 based around anything apart from you're relying on a spreadsheet and and that's not work for us so it has to be well thought through it has to be an integrated plan and 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 ultimately if you're going to bring on a customer that's going to stay with you for 20 30 years then you need to respect the fact you've got to build a relationship right
1: if you are cross-selling for want of a better word one of the things you don't want to do is damage your existing business by behaving in a way that's going to alienate your client straight from the start so you know i think that having that that more strategic consideration. And uh, I like nurturing. I actually mentioned nurturing cycle. It sounds, that's quite a nice description of, 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 I think, your ABM approach.
0: I loved some of your comments there around ABM cat. So, and, and just a question, do you think that the skills of marketing professionals is needing to change based on that? Because it sounds like there's a lot more internal dialogue that you're needing to deliver to be successful if you're building an integrated campaign that runs across multi-divisions internally, let alone speaking to actual customers?
2: Yeah, I, I do. We, we actually also run a piece of research and a report off the back of it that talked about what kind of skill set marketers need, you know, particularly if if they're looking at sort of technology platforms. But some of those things that came through really resonated with me from an ABM perspective. And that research basically showed that skills in terms of really being able to be flexible and adaptable, but thinking more strategically are really important alongside being able to use kind of insight and analysis to inform your conversations and discussions, not only internally, but externally. The biggest thing for me on on skill set and where I talked about almost being that CMO for an account is very much being able to influence and tell the stories. And you know, we've got a great opportunity as marketers that we we know how to tell a great story. We're just not always that forthcoming in ourselves verbalizing those stories. You know, we're we're more kind of, well, let let's help the account team shape that story, and and actually. We've got that responsibility as marketers to be able to tell the stories ourselves, you know. And I think the the only way that we can really influence internally within an organisation is being able to do that. So I'd I'd say that's a really big skill set. Um, I think the other thing that I, I just briefly mentioned was insight and being data driven. That's actually really critical, particularly in the climate that we're in. We've got so much data to our fingertips. But it's being able to lift that up and and use that to give us insight, to give us a picture on what is really happening within that account, and use it to have different conversations with our account and sales teams. Then you know, and and it just helps switch that conversation where sometimes that conversation really does happen where you know an account or sales team says, "I just need you to do a video for me," right? <laughs> and that's not the kind of conversations I yeah. want my marketers to be having. It's more around how can we help you grow grow your account? The only way that we can switch that up in terms of dialogue is by bringing in new insight and giving ourselves that credibility to have that conversation.
1: Yes, yeah, sometimes referred to as, when we're working with sales teams, data to insight to action. And it sounds like you're sort of talking data to insight to conversation or to story, maybe, which would then prompt the conversation.
2: Yeah. You've got to take those internal sales account teams on the journey with you. It's not, it's got to be a full collaboration. It's not a marketer drive the data, create the insight, create a campaign and action. You've got to do this in full collaboration with people because otherwise they're not bought into what you're actually doing. And ultimately you you want them to work with you to drive the outcomes.
1: Yeah, so collaboration's the key kind of message there, isn't it? And and customers can be at all sorts of different buying stages when they enter a marketing funnel. Yeah. As a marketer, how do you think companies should interact with and manage customers who are entering at different stages?
2: I think I mentioned it earlier as well, we're, we're starting to actually map that out within Systems of where people are really engaging at different parts of their buying cycle. I think it just it does generally depend, right? So if someone's right at the start of their process, you know, and you're trying to build up a, a new set of new clients who haven't interacted with you before, then I would say, you know, majority of your time will very much be on that kind of digital landscape journey that they go on, but also influencing some of those people that might be influencing them. So you know, like analysts or um, sourcing advisors and maybe different partners that that are engaged. Whereas if you've got an existing set of clients that already know you for a specific thing within your organization, then it's about broadening out that conversation to focus on actually what the wider breadth of your company is about. And and that involves different tactics, which are more, I would say, more direct, more face-to-face, because you've already started to build that relationship. So I think it does depend, right, on where someone is in their journey around what tactics or channels they would use.
1: It always fascinates me how organizations will assume that customers are always fully aware of the breadth of your portfolio and and customers segment you into in my experience into, you know, little boxes. And I've I've lost count of the number of times salespeople have, you know, when I've advised them to have those conversations, they say, the customer didn't know we did that. And I kind of go, yeah, well, they don't spend all day. They don't spend all day looking at you, do they, right?
0: So on that point, a little story. So our previous logo underneath it used to have training, outsourcing, recruitment, because we offered those three services. And we only do integrated sales and marketing outsourcing. That's all we do. And the number of times I'd have a conversation with a customer who'd go, Oh, I didn't know you did training. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's on the logo. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they it's really comfortable. Someone knows you for something yeah. and selective perception, right? They're just that's all they that's all they see. So um yeah, yeah the number of times that I had that conversation, it was unbelievable. Like it's literally on every invoice you get from us or every statement of work, every document I ever shown you, it's on the page. <laughs> but it still don't see it
2: it's so true though it's so true i i do it, i do it even with you know external agencies that we work with right I have them in in my head on right they're really strong on here 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 but now what I do um is when i'm I'm meeting with one of the agencies that we work with i always start with a bit of a conversation that, you know and I say what what's new with you guys, what sorts of things are you working on that I might not know about, to give them that opportunity to share actually what their credentials and capabilities are because things change over time. So, yeah, I think we all naturally do it, right?
1: I think there's going to be thousands of salespeople listening to this going, "Why can't all my customers be like Cat?" That's that's, yeah. probably, that's probably what they're saying. Well, uh,
2: I have I'm, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm sure that's not. I'm sure that's not true. And I, 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 would, bet, I, bet there's a dark side. For
2: any of my previous teams
1: listening, yeah, in, don't, don't listen. yeah do, do let us know. Best uh, best answer on a postcard wins wins a prize. Yeah. And I would I would love to know how's your back background in sales influenced your approach as a marketer because obviously some guests are are marketers from the get-go whereas you started in sales sort of account management cat so be interested in how that's influenced your thinking philosophy or approach
2: yeah uh, quite a lot actually um I think I'm quite respectful of people's time um I think you know when it, when I was in those customer facing roles, if if a client needs something or the, there's something going on with the service that's not being delivered, you you pretty much do drop everything else that's going on, and that's where you need to focus. So I think I'm more appreciative of um, account and and client teams' time. Where if I'm requesting time, you know I'm really specific around what it's for. I try and do it in in shorter timescales as i can um i don't tend to put an hour in for example with any kind of sales leader or yeah heaven heaven forbid two hours um which i've seen happen you know because you've got to be respectful and i think that also makes sure that you maintain that relationship that they know that you understand that their time is precious and I know they talk about that a lot, but genuinely, if, if something is going on within the client, they, they will, you need to, you need to drop everything. I think the the other thing that I'm definitely more appreciative of is, I'd say it's sort of deadlines, right, or pressure. And, you know, re- regardless of what someone's targets are in a client facing environment, you can guarantee at the end of a quarter or an end of a half or an end of a year depending on how the the financial sales cycle works in the company they are having a lot of internal pressure put on them to deliver those results um so i think from a um almost a mindset perspective i'm always conscious of that in the back of my head and um making sure that you know when we're, we're not doing anything from a real kind of proactive perspective in that last week of the financial year where you know they're just going to be head down it's just the same right it's the same everywhere so it's understanding those pressures that people have on them but I think the other thing that it's also helped me do is really make sure that if I'm engaging with a client or I'm engaging on a campaign or event or, or whatever it is as a marketer that I'm doing my research in the background because you do need to understand the clients or the people or the individuals that you're approaching with your marketing. So spend that time researching them because you know that that is going to land and resonate with that client. And from a sales perspective, they're going to absolutely lap that up, right? If, if you can get them in front of a senior individual within their client that they've not been able to get in front of because actually you've been really smart about your approach it's really hit the the right person at the right time it's had the right content for them that's resonated it makes a difference so i think you you know really spending that time to get to know your clients is really important
1: yeah, thank you. That's that's a really, really great point to kind of bring things to a close. So Richard, do you want to give us a little recap, main points for you from our conversation?
0: Kat, that's been wonderful. Really, um, really enjoyed that. And, you know, Simon and I in The Insiders are on a quest to find those people that really get the integrated marketing and sales mindset. And um, I think you've, well, we've spent 30 minutes talking about it. So that's that's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, just I've made some notes here. Metrics that matter, language, storytelling. If We go back to our Graham Hawkins episode, Simon. We talked about sense makers and storytellers. Well, that's the same for sales and for marketing. I, I love that idea around helping marketeers to, to sell internally, um, to almost be salespeople, but internally. So we talked, had a really great conversation actually in the middle of the episode around ABM and being the CMO for your customer. So that's a really nice mindset positioning, I think. Data, data, data. Buying cycle, using specialists at the right time, and I think yeah. the virtual world that we're we're still in is helpful to that because you can involve specialists without having to fly them over from the west coast or or, or wherever. So that becomes more possible. And then threaded throughout our conversation, Cat has just been your your grounding in sales and your understanding of of your of your target market. I guess in lots of ways, you know, your internal customer yeah. is is your sales team because working with them, then you create success for the business. So yeah, I really love the conversation. So, thank you very much.
1: And we're looking forward to seeing the uh, internal ABM for marketers book when it when it when it hits when it hits the book stands, cat. So, um,
0: oh. with a thank you just on the inside to me, I think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it. I think it was. it was Richard's idea. So you might have to cut him in on the royalties. Um, and, and just before we go, we have got a final question for you, which uh, many of our guests find to be the most challenging question. We're we're building the insiders Spotify playlist, and we're asking every guest to add a song. Cat, what's your chosen song to go on the playlist?
2: I've got. I've got a couple. Can I do a couple? Just because it. It depends. Yeah,
0: go on. Yeah, go on. You've been a great guest. We'll give you. We'll give (laughs) you a couple.
2: For those that are kind of really struggling outside, I've got Survivor by Destiny's Child (laughs) (laughs) because I think survival is uh, pretty critical. Um, and then just because I am who I am, I've got Don't Stop Me Now by Queen
1: excellent yeah 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 that's your, it's like your conference walk-on music
2: that's my motivation yeah, that's
1: just before you.
0: the curtain it goes up that's there. like sort of the and then, yep, then you're on yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> upbeat songs though guys upbeat Absol- songs.
1: absolutely absolutely well that's wonderful cat thank you very much for for joining us on this episode of the insiders by durham lane thank you to my co-host richard and thank you for listening in folks subscribe to the insiders podcast on your preferred podcasting site and you'll be notified of new episodes and if you want to visit durham com, you'll be able to learn more about selling at a higher level so thank you to everybody for listening in Good luck with all your sales and marketing.
0: The Insiders by Durham Lane. Subscribe today to never miss an episode.